Well, when a bishop turns 75, in accordance with canon law, well, he must submit a letter of resignation to the Pope. Well, such was the situation for Bishop Donald Kettler of St. Cloud, Minnesota. And while it was perhaps a grateful acceptance for Bishop Kettler and maybe a little relief to settle into a prayerful retirement for the bishop-elect, well, the appointment may come as quite a shock. As the Diocese of St. Cloud prepares to welcome their new bishop, Holy Redeemer Church here in Portland, well, they have to say farewell to their pastor. Pope Francis has appointed their pastor, Father Patrick Neary, as the new bishop to fill the role. And Bishop-elect Neary is joining me this morning well, to tell us a little bit more how that came about. Good morning, Bishop-elect. Thank you so much for joining me today. Good morning, Brenda. It's great to be with you. Well, first, for our listeners, kind of share a little bit about your vocation and how you came to join the Congregation of Holy Cross. Well, I went to a Catholic grade school here in LaPorte, Indiana, St. Joseph's grade school, and I was taught by Franciscan sisters in Mishawaka, Indiana. And they really were just warm and engaging and so full of joy. But I know that they influenced my vocation in many ways. I often thought that the decision to enter the priesthood came to me my last year of high school until I was at the Golden Jubilee celebration for my first grade teacher, Sister Estelle. And we were sharing about our vocation story when I said, yeah, it came to me in my senior year of high school. And Sister Suzanne, who had me in a different grade, said, no, no, in second grade, when you were in second grade, you told me in the playground, I'm going to be a priest someday. I had no recollection of that at all. So originally, I thought I would be in the Diocese of Gary, my home diocese, but I was a huge Notre Dame football fan. And my dad suspected something of a vocation. So he talked to a co-worker at Whirlpool Corporation here in town where he worked and said, hey, your uncle, I believe, is a Holy Cross priest teaching at Notre Dame. Would you have him write my son? So I got this letter from a Holy Cross priest at Notre Dame. I knew nothing about Holy Cross and he said, hey, why don't you come for a visit? Then he gave my name to the vocation director, Father Andre Levier. And he wrote me. And pretty soon I was visiting wow. as a high school senior. And just from the moment I walked into Moreau Seminary at Notre Dame, where I was visiting for the first time, I just felt at peace. I felt at home. And I realized I think this is where I'm meant to be. So it was just an amazing experience. And I was so warmly received by the Holy Cross men in formation, the priests and brothers. I just knew like this is where I'm meant to be. Bishop-elect, when were you ordained to the priesthood? I was ordained April 6, 1991 at Notre Dame. So I'm coming up in April on 32 years, I believe, which is hard to believe. It just seems like yesterday, but time keeps moving. Well, if you are just tuning in, I'm talking this morning with Bishop-elect Patrick Neary. He is the pastor at Holy Redeemer Church here in Portland, and now will be making the move to St. Cloud to become their new bishop. Well, Bishop-elect, how did you find out that you were appointed bishop? I mean, is there a nomination process? Does a phone call come from the Vatican? Did you think somebody maybe was playing a joke on you? I mean, this seems like quite a lot. It was a huge surprise. My understanding is that there are various lists. One list is kept by the Apostolic Nuncio in Washington, D.C., of potential candidates for diocesan sees that open up. I believe that the Archdiocese of Portland and the province in which Portland is an important part, they have lists. And maybe in Rome, they have a list. I don't exactly know how all of it works. 
but somehow my name was put on a list. And so the Apostolic Nuncio tried to call me on December 2nd. I got four calls in a row on my phone from Washington, D.C., from an unknown caller with no message left. So I blocked the caller, thinking this is spam. Uh huh. Not knowing it was the Nuncio. So imagine. So I didn't get any calls, obviously, the rest of Friday, that Saturday. On the 4th of December in the evening, I was at the University of Portland, which is one of our universities that we run as Holy Cross. I was in the room with my friend, Mark Eislink, and just having a chat. And I see a message on WhatsApp from the Apostolic Nuncio. Father Neri, this is the Apostolic Nuncio. Christophe Pierre, may I speak with you if you have a moment? It's like, oh my goodness. So that's when he said to me, Father Neri, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has appointed you the new bishop of the Diocese of St. Cloud. Let's just say it was a bit overwhelming. <laughs> now, do you have an option to, if, if the, you feel like, uh, if a priest feels like this is not their calling, do you have the ability to say, no, I don't think this is for me? Or is it kind of understood uh, for any priest that when you're called upon by the Pope, that yes is the word that needs to come out? I do know that some priests have good reasons for saying no, and that is an option, but it's not offered to you that way. Basically, it's announced to you that you've been chosen by the Holy Father. And so that carries heavy weight. It certainly is something I think that's overwhelming for anybody who's invited to serve as a bishop. And we know that it's a great honor, but also a huge responsibility. It's not an easy job. It's all consuming. And yet there's nothing more important. So believe me, it came as a shock. It filled me with some anxiety and yet excitement. But when I sat with it, I felt deep down a sense of peace. So I said, yes, obviously. And then but, when you shared the yeah. news with your friends, your brother priests, and your family, what was their uh, response? Well, I had to keep it a secret from the time it was communicated to me that I had been selected when I said yes. I think there's a period of nine days or so until you are announced officially. And in Rome, the announcement is promulgated at noon Rome time, which I think might have been 5 a.m., in St. Cloud, Minnesota. So Bishop Kettler had to get up very early that Thursday when it was announced to have things ready to go. So until that time, I wasn't able to share this with family members or friends. So when I was able to tell them, you can imagine the surprise, the excitement, the disbelief, but joy more than anything. And my father made me laugh because a few days afterwards, he said, son, I've done some research to see how many bishops there may have been, if any, from our hometown of LaPorte, Indiana. And he said there weren't any. And I said, well, Dad, it's a small town. I think we would have known if there were any other bishops <laughs> from LaPorte. And I'm honored to be the first, hopefully not the last. But uh, yes, I don't know if I'll get the keys to the city at some point. But people here are excited in my my hometown, in my home parish. Oh, as all of us are for you, Bishop-elect, we know that our Archbishop, Alexander Sample, he puts quite a few miles on his vehicle, traveling really from border to border, covering this archdiocese. Can you tell us a little bit what you know about the Diocese of St. Cloud, Minnesota? How big of a Catholic community is there? How many preschools and deacons that uh, you'll be overseeing? Sure, sure. 
I believe there's about 125,000. I've got to check those numbers. I've only glanced at the website. I've had so many things to attend to. In terms of clergy, the figures I read on their website, they said have been updated. So I think if I'm not mistaken, 80 clergy, some are retired. And I think I have close to 50 permanent deacons, which is amazing. Some are retired, but still a good, good army of men. We have 131 parishes and they've gone to a different model where they have groups of priests and clusters who collaborate together closely and serve a multitude of parishes, anywhere from four, I think, to eight parishes, which is a new model. And it seems to be quite effective there. So it's mostly a rural diocese, with the exception of the fact that we have St. Benedict's University and we have St. John's in Collegeville. So we have a group of Benedictine women who run St. Benedict's and we have a group of Benedictine men who run St. John's. And it they're both impressive institutions. I got to drive out there with Bishop Kettler my last day, full day in St. Cloud when I was announced. And it had snowed heavily, but there was no wind. So as we drove out to these two campuses, it was a postcard for Christmas, just the trees covered in snow and just so beautiful. I was so warmly received. The Benedictine women, after I met the prioress and her leadership team, we were escorted into the chapel where they were gathered and they sang a prayer of blessing over me and Bishop Kettler, which was so touching. And then we went to St. John's and met the abbot and then some of the monks who were preparing to go to mass. So I realized what a gift we have in these institutions of higher learning that have impressive reputations throughout the country and beyond. So I'm looking forward to spending time there, getting to know their mission. And I was at Notre Dame, our university in Indiana for 15 years. So I know something about that whole atmosphere of a university and all that it entails. So I'm looking forward to that too. But mostly it's a rural diocese and I'm from a small town in Indiana. My mother's from a farm in Idaho. So I love the fact that it's a rural diocese too. And there's something about that that is what would I say? It's grounding, literally, mm. because of farmers and animals and things that it grounds you in, in the life that most Catholics lived maybe 100 years ago on farms, right? So just to be in touch with that. And I think about 7% of the diocese is Latino. So I do speak Spanish, having lived in Latin America for a, line, a while. So I'm looking forward to getting to know them. And I'm hoping that occasionally some Mexican food might be brought by the rectory. No doubt. I- I mean, I have so many wonderful cooks in the parish. You know, Friday is my day to cook in the rectory. So on occasion, the food comes by. Now, the two other priests with me, Father Michael and Father Cameron, uh, sometimes claim that I haven't really cooked a meal. I just heated up a meal. But I'm like, no, you guys were fed. You had That's a nice right. meal. That and right. and you are responsible for getting that to be done. As long as they're fed. That's it's right. not about where the food came from. As long as it's tasty and it's hot and ready to go. So... There is more I want to talk to you about, especially about how you learn to become a bishop. I am coming up against Mm -hmm. my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue? Certainly. Thank you so much. I am back again with Bishop-elect Patrick Neary. He is the pastor of Holy Redeemer Church here in Portland, but has received an appointment to be the next bishop of St. Cloud, Minnesota. He stayed with me through the break so we can continue our conversation. Good morning, Bishop-elect Neary. Thanks so much for staying with me. It's great to still be with you. So you asked me something about how to learn 
to become a bishop, yeah. what's involved. In I, I guess in your nice. priesthood through the order, is there mm-hmm. things that you learn or courses that you take or just through experience and watching other bishops that help prepare you? Or is the Vatican prepared to kind of give you the rule book, so to speak, about how to be a bishop? Yeah, well, I'm going back to St. Cloud on Sunday to the diocese, and I have a series of meetings all week long with the senior staff of the diocese, but I'm going to especially spend time with Bishop Kettler, who is a seasoned veteran and has stayed three years past the age of 75, waiting for his replacement. So I'm going to rely a lot on him for his wisdom about how to carry out the duty, the office of bishop. I don't pretend to know much about that, except that I'm a priest and I do certainly know all about that. And I've been a pastor, but a bishop is a different level, obviously, of responsibility, of leadership. And so I have a lot to learn. It's going to be a lot of on-the-job learning, I think. Although one of my Jesuit friends who's been teaching at the Gregorian in Rome for 32 years in liturgy told me that there is a baby bishop's camp in September in Rome. So I have to look into that. But apparently it really does cover the whole gamut of what's involved in this position of bishop. So I know I have a lot to learn. And I don't want to make dramatic changes at first. I want to get to know people. I want to get to know my clergy, the priests, the deacons, all of the wonderful lay people of which there are many who work in the Diocese of St. Cloud and just just figure out like what's the history, how does it function, who have the key responsibilities, and what is my role vis-a-vis all the leadership and clergy of the diocese. So it's going to be a steep learning curve, but I'm excited about it and looking forward to it. So we'll 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 keep you posted on and what what it all entails, right? But I I'm excited and intrigued. I know for me, like when I went to East Africa in 2010 to Nairobi, Kenya, to run the seminary and to be in a completely different world, that there's no substitute for just living somewhere and doing the new job and getting to know people and just in time getting more comfortable and and learning on the job, all the wisdom that you can. So I know that I will eventually settle, get my sea legs and carry out that responsibility and enjoy it. And my whole life in Holy Cross, because I've been in Mexico for a time, I've lived in Chile, I've lived in East Africa, I've been at Notre Dame and other places. Almost every week of my life, I'm meeting new people. Even at Holy Redeemer, I'm meeting new families that come to our parish from different parts of Latin America and even Oregon and elsewhere. That's been the rich part of my life, realizing mm-hmm. the Catholic family is huge. It's universal. And I'm always meeting new members of our family. And I, I see St. Cloud that way as my next home and my newest family, albeit a big family. But that's how I want to approach it. These are my brothers and sisters. Really, deep down, that's what we are. I am joined today by Bishop-elect Patrick Neary. He is currently the pastor at Holy Redeemer Church here in Portland, but very soon will be packing up his things and moving to St. Cloud, Minnesota to take the role as their new bishop. Well, Bishop-elect, while you are excited, I believe, and and prayerful to be joining a a new uh, diocese, We here in the Pacific Northwest and your parishioners there at Holy Redeemer have to say goodbye. What are you going to miss about this area and especially about Holy Redeemer? Gosh, well, I'm going to miss the Archdiocese. Archbishop Sample to me has been a model leader 
especially on display through COVID, how he managed that so well, but just how attentive he is to us priests and obviously his deacons and the lay faithful. But as a priest, I have felt very connected to him, inspired by him. He's a man of prayer. He's open. He can listen. He can even take criticism without being offended. I just see him as so guided by the Holy Spirit. He really is a model to me of leadership. And Bishop Peter Smith, too, is just an exceptional bishop as well. And they're a great team. And he's also going to be someone I rely on as well. But I couldn't have two better role models for how to carry out Episcopal leadership than the two of them. And I have felt unwavering love from them, but also Archbishop Lasney, who I've known since I was at Notre Dame when he did our ordinations one year. He's also been so supportive of me. And actually, Bishop Peter Smith gave me a pectoral cross, my first one that was given him by Archbishop Lasney. Mm. So I was really touched by that and wore it at my press conference. So that's been great. So I'll miss them. I'll miss fellow clergy, the ones I've come to know in the archdiocese. But I think especially my vicariate of parishes and the wonderful rapport we have there. Also, my parishioners. Sure. Holy Redeemer is a lovely parish. When I was in East Africa, my provincial said, well, there's three parishes you can choose from. And Holy Redeemer was on the list. And guys privately told me, take Holy Redeemer. Yeah. It's one of the best parishes you could go to. It's, a, it's not a huge parish. It's a great place to learn how to be a pastor. And I'm just surrounded there by a great pastoral team from our principal to our office manager, business manager, our whole team. It's just been great to be with them, my brother priest there. So I'll miss them. But there have been many tears since the announcement was made by parishioners. And I felt sad about that, too. That's the heavy part is basically uprooting and moving on. But I know as a religious that I have a vow of obedience and that I'm called to go where I'm asked to go. And that's part of the main reason I said yes. I mean, who can say no to Pope Francis, right? <laughs> that's but right. I vowed to obedience if I've been asked by my provincial or my boss, in a sense, the Holy Father, to say, yes, I, I, I will. But it doesn't mean it's easy. But I have experience with uprooting and moving to different parts of the world. And this is a different part of the country, but it's a beautiful part of the country. And I see it as part of this adventure I'm on with the Lord and being willing to go wherever he wants me to go. Oh. At the end of our lives, I think we'll be amazed at God's plan for each one of us and how even in those times where it seemed unclear or too challenging or too difficult, God was there guiding us. And so I think we'll all give thanks in the end, even especially for those hard times when we felt the cross in a, a particularly acute way that Christ was leading us. And those moments were probably the most important too, when we had to rely more on him than our own strength or own wits. So Christ has been very faithful to me hmm. and I just have to trust that he's going to keep guiding me and surround me with the people who love him, who are so gifted, who are serving in the church, not to get rich, but because they love him and they love the church. And these are challenging times, but I also think these are grace-filled times too. Oh, and led by the Holy Spirit, you have answered that call. And uh, we wish you all of the best. St. Valentine's Day, the day of your installation. What an appropriate day. It's very interesting. I was telling someone, I went on a retreat as a high school senior. I got permission to miss school on th half of Thursday and Friday to go to Notre Dame to this discernment retreat for Notre Dame sophomores. And I was the only high school kid. And I told the director of vocations, 
I have to be back to Laporte on Saturday because I've been invited by my girlfriend to the girls reserve dance. So that was Valentine's Day. So when I got to the dance after a time, I said, Tracy, I got to I got to tell you something. I think I'm entering the seminary. Wow. <laughs> that was Valentine's Day. <laughs> she looked a little surprised, but she was a young woman of faith. And she's like, well, Pat, if that's your call, I'll pray for you and support you. It's been nice being your girlfriend, but if this is where you think the Lord is leading you, then so be it. But that was so funny. It was Valentine's Day. I won't share that uh, the day of my ordination, okay. but I thought it was a funny <laughs> side note. Just that oh, gosh. Valentine's Day, that still stands out because that was the day I told her, yeah, I'm going to do yeah. this. And it was only a day after my retreat ended at Notre Dame. So and, here we are. And so full circle, it will continue on the Feast of St. Valentine's Day this year. You will be made the Bishop of St. Cloud, Minnesota. Well, Bishop-elect, it's been wonderful having you join us this morning. Before we go, will you end us in prayer in your blessing? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Loving God, we give you thanks for the gift of Christ, your Son, who came to be one with us and lead us to your kingdom. I pray in thanksgiving for the Archdiocese of Portland, for all who serve and minister in the Archdiocese, Ask a special blessing upon Brenda and all who work at Modern Day Radio. Thanksgiving for the ways that each day they faithfully communicate your message of hope to your holy people. Pray in a special way for our church as we say farewell to Pope Benedict, Pope Emeritus, who so faithfully served our church and pray for his eternal joy in your embrace. And pray for the people of the Diocese of St. Cloud and Thanksgiving for Bishop Kettler. God will give him many years of happy retirement, that he'll fill me with the Spirit and help me serve well, following in his footsteps. So Lord, we also lift up to you any of our loved ones who are in need of healing of any sort. So keep us ever close to you. And now I ask your special blessing upon all who will listen to this show and that you fill them with your Spirit and bless them, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Bishop-elect, thank you so much for your time today. We will keep you always in our prayers here in the Archdiocese of Portland. We ask that you continue to remember and pray for us. Certainly, and keep up your fine work. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you.